What's good? Welcome back to Mr. Focology's point of view. And today, we're just going to dive a little deeper into my experience with driving under the influence. So last week, I kind of talked about the whole mental health aspect and how that's impacted me to include the the DUI and a whole bunch of other components but this one I want to kind of just dive into just because it was one of the largest I won't say mistakes right I'm gonna label it as a decision because it was a decision I made it wasn't a mistake a mistake is something that we do accidentally um, this was a oh, was a decision that I made that led me to a very obscured path um, from previous, right? So driving under the influence, first of all, it's not something you want to find yourself in. It's not a situation you want to find yourself in, not because of the financial consequence, not because of the legal consequence. It's just not something that's worth what comes after, right? So I'm going to back it up and I'm just going to go from the beginning and just the beginning of how that night started, right? Leslie and I, my wife, Leslie. Um, we're having a conversation about something. I don't really remember what it was, but we're having a, a conversation. And all I remember is her saying was to not go out that night. And obviously we talk about, we know about women's intuition and mother's intuition and all that good stuff, right? I think women's intuition was right at this point in life. They only write like 98% of the time. But that 2%, that 2%, we can take control of that 2%, but we're going we're gonna to give them credit for this 98 this time uh, because she she literally told me before I went out to go to some friend's house, she said, you shouldn't go out. I don't remember why she said not to go out. I forgot what the conversation was, but she said, don't go out, stay home, let's just chill. And I was like, no, I want to go hang out with my friends. So I went out, hung out with my friends. Uh, I was like, I have a few drinks, and obviously, a few drinks to to some people is is nothing, right? One or two, and then you have a good time and you hang out, and everything's all good. And then you you drive home, you're good. Obviously, the the legal the legal limit is point zero eight. So after doing some alcoholic uh, education that's three drinks right that's why the air force standards, the air force standard is 0013 because per drink your increased alcohol level blood content level is 0.02 per drink um, if it's measured but obviously we don't measure drinks so I decided to go against what she advised went out with friends hung out and before I knew it it was like 12 1 o'clock in the morning and this was like 8 9 o'clock and I went out and this was about 
20 minutes away so i'm like all right cool go out have a drink or two and then come back home and be good next thing i know i'm there i'm hanging out i'm chilling with the guys we're talking about work stuff um whatever's on our mind random conversation you know how guys get when guys get together we literally talk about any and everything uh, regardless of what it is whether that's work whether that's relationships whether that's football baseball whatever we literally can make something up and talk about it for hours whether they're interested in it or not um so that happened and then before i knew it it was like one o'clock and i was ready to go so i decided that i wanted to leave and my friends actually they were good wingmen uh, and i give them full credit because they actually tried to stop me they physically tried to stop me to the point of taking my keys put it in the way on top of the refrigerator and they literally like fought me for me to not get the keys to not drive because they knew that it was not in my best interest to drive so they they did whatever they could but I was I was a little strong so I kind of bum rushed them out I kind of strong man them um, pushed them away got my keys and dipped off and as I was going home um, like I said that's like a 20 minute drive I'm driving and then I feel this vehicle following me I don't recall whether or not I was staying in the lanes or if there was like a purpose of this person following me so I took an extra block went to a main road took the the turn I needed to take and as I'm driving this car still following me I'm like all right driving driving going home I pass where I live at this time and this car still following me and the only reason I passed where I live is because I'm like in my head I don't want this vehicle who's following me to know where I live so I passed them and I think in my head it's a grand idea to create a diversion to put on my left blinker get in the left lane and I'm gonna turn right that's what I decided to do <laughs> so I got I put on my left blinker put on my left blinker I get in the left lane to turn as if I'm turning left he follows me I turn right not seeing that there's a cop literally down the street I turn and I just put myself in the situation of probable cause right so a cop has to have probable cause before pulling you over for a DUI or for any reason really they have to have probable cause and I gave them probable cause by putting on the wrong turn signal and turning the opposite way so I did that and I sped off not realizing that the cops were actually chasing me so I got all the way around I just went around the block and I'm probably three hundred meters 
300 feet from 300 meters I'm gonna say meters uh, from my house there was a where we lived was uh, a complex right next to our complex and I got stopped at the entrance of that that one complex and I got stopped right there and bro i'm literally right there like i'm 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 past my house like bro just let me go home but they pulled me over <clears throat> went through their uh field sobriety test and of course me if you if you guys know me you know i'm kind of a smart ass um i remember looking back at them and now i'm thinking about the conversation that we had and it was because we went out to dinner, went to El Cazador. If you've been about us, Georgia, El Cazador got these uh, fish bowl margaritas. They be hitting. Um, they actually limit limit you to two of them a night. Um, I had both of them, uh, and I had two of them, and that's actually what Leslie and I were having a conversation about, and kind of going back and forth about because she was advising me not to go out that night or not to drive to my friend's house to drink more because I already had those strong drinks and uh, obviously I uh, went against her advisement and um, ended up pulled over um, and I had to urinate really bad they weren't trying to have it and I was a I was a smart ass so they asked me what time it was and I was like like, hey what time do you think it is and I was like what time do I know it is I was like yeah it's like one o'clock bro sis (laughs) it was like 345 something like that it was later much later than I thought it was and they're like, okay. Did a little sobri- uh, field sobriety test and failed it. My body language told it all. Um, I was way more intoxicated than I thought I was. I thought I was fine, I thought I was good coherent and all that and then looking at the observation later on pro I was terrible I was terrible like look at like I was embarrassed for myself looking at that videos of the 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 body cam because that's not who I am that's not the person that I'm I naturally am um they took me to the they cuffed me uh called Leslie to come pick up my car um and they took me into the patrol car took me down to uh Varasa PD station to do a breathalyzer and uh to do the breathalyzer and I did the breathalyzer. I tried. <clears throat> and uh, my results were insufficient because I didn't blow hard enough or something like that. So they they classify that as 
um, fail to submit or fail to comply and submit a sample of fertilizer. But I tried to blow um, and it just didn't catch. So I got hit with a DUI and refusal to blow. But I did blow. It just just couldn't read the results um so in reflection with that obviously there's a court date and and that's on all on the civilian side there's a court date you got to deal with the court fines and fees and then they take you into custody and you're in the cell for at least eight hours so they process you, you gotta take your mugshot, your fingerprints, and put you in a cell. And somebody has to come get you and bond you out. And bro, let me tell you, that was by far the worst experience I've ever had in my life. In my life. Like, I've been through some hard stuff, but the fact of you're dipping my fingers in this ink to put it on the paper, pointer finger, index finger, or index finger, middle finger, uh, ring finger, like, going through all of that, taking a mug shot, having to hold the little date stencil deal whatever and then the medical professionals make sure that you're okay sitting in the cell and then you get one phone call that's legit you get one phone call and now one phone call I called the one person that I knew without a doubt would would come get me um or I called Leslie and I told her to call Wayne. Wayne is my. It's funny. Because Wayne is. Wayne is a person that. Not everybody. When he came to, to our squadron in Georgia, not everybody liked him. Not everybody um, agreed with his opinion. But. He came to me and my my best friend, and he took us on took us under his wing. It was like, yo, I'm gonna take care of you no matter what, and he did that. So I called her to call him, and before I knew it, uh, those those eight hours were up in the single cell, um, the literally the toilet in the sink were connected and I'm like this is disgusting and there was no bed there was just a little bench I was sitting there and I saw a guy arguing about something like he was agitated and I'm like I, I really shouldn't I shouldn't be in here I shouldn't be in here, but I was neglectful, right? Like, it, it wasn't like I shouldn't be in here because I'm innocent. It was a, 
I shouldn't be in here because I should have made better decisions. My decisions should have been better. A few hours go by. Um, Wayne and Leslie come and get me. And I ride home with Wayne. And this is the first time that I cry, like, as a grown man. Cry in front of a grown man. Like, he, we pulled up to my apartment and sitting in the parking lot. I just broke down and cried because this was by far the biggest decision, faulty decision that I had ever made in my life. Like at this point, I was five years in the military, staff sergeant first time, um, or E5. looking to E6 the following year and this was by far the the biggest mis- the biggest decision I'm not going to say mistake this is the biggest decision that I ever made that that just made me second guess life like I I, I set in that vehicle with with Wayne and he asked me like what like what's up and I couldn't talk like I just cried like I literally just cried in front of a grown man and I remember last week why I said that that pride that pride to be vulnerable bro I, I couldn't spell pride if you asked me because at that point in time I was I was broken. I was broken. That was the, the the biggest thing that I because I knew what was to come. I knew there there was no brushing under the rug. There was no hey, we can you know get over this. Like no, like I'm gonna have to face the music to this. So that happened literally. A day before my my best friend's birthday, who wasn't there, um, <clears throat> he was in San Antonio by this time. Um, and we we chopped it up. He tried to he gave me words of encouragement, and um, you know we kind of pressed. I I kept that it could be worse mentality, trying to move forward, but it was tragic for a good like week. Um, kept pressing. Obviously, I had to deal with administrative actions and everything. So, um, the only thing that I asked for, like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was going to get paperwork. I, I suspected that I may get kicked out of the Air Force. Um, losing a stripe. UIF control roster. I, I I suspected a whole bunch of things because I had other friends that that have dealt with this situation. But the one thing that I asked for was to not lose my stripe. And the only reason I asked for that was because people know me as Staff Sergeant White. People know me as Sergeant White because of my performance 
the things that I've done, the, the hard work and consistency that I've put in the last five years, that's who they know. And that was proven while I was one rank less. I was willing to take the control roster, the UIF, the other, all the other punishments. I was willing to take, just let me hold my stripe. But my leadership said, despite what you have done for the Air Force thus far, we're going to give you an LOR. I'm going to take your stripe. And they wanted to put me on the UIF, but I rebutted it and asked them not to so I can at least finish college because I was going for my degree. I had like two classes left. So they they didn't put me on the UIF um, because if you're on the UIF, you can't use your tuition assistance. So they decided not to put me on the UIF. And I was like, boom, cool. I can at least finish school. They wanted me to progress. They, based on my previous work, my consistency, my work ethic, they saw my potential and didn't want me to fail. They didn't want to crush my career. They, it was kind of mandatory for me to get a punishment. Obviously, you know what I mean? And, and, and rightfully so. I made a decision that was against all regulations. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was... It, it was tragic. In my eyes, it was definitely tragic. There's obviously a lot, a lot more worse things than this. But to me, that was the absolute worst. And... They they allowed me, they gave me a second chance. There was literally one line in, in one reg, one line in one reg that applied to security forces that saved my career. And I'm forever grateful for the people that dug, um, dug so deep to find that reg and apply that and get it submitted and that for for me because if I had if I had people that didn't see what I had to I had to give or if they didn't see the 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 work that I've been putting in for the last five years six years at that point almost um I could be a civilian right now you know what I mean I wouldn't be going on 10 years here in, in December like I had people that looked out for me because of who I was, because of my work ethic, because of my consistency. Like if if I didn't put in that work, bro, like it, it would have been a smooth like Alright bro, hey, you got a DUI civilian site, see you later. But nah, like they they made sure because I couldn't drive on base for two years. And they came, they made sure that I had a ride to work. I'll park my car in a little a little grass field outside the base. They'll come get me, we'll go to work. I had classes I had to attend that I had to pay for out of pocket. 
uh, alcohol classes, uh, driving, driving classes, all kind of stuff that was mandatory by the city. That all came out of pocket, guys. I just want y'all to know that came, that came out of pocket. There ain't no discount for that. That ain't no nothing. You gotta pay for that out of pocket. Like that whole experience in itself was a cool pushing at least ten G's. That's at least pushing ten thousand dollars for a lawyer for the classes you gotta take. Um, to get your license, defense driving, alcohol education, um, to renew your license. Like, it's money that you're, you don't want to spend. And all of that is to tell you, like, it's not worth it, man. Like, and even after my DUI, like, I made decisions that, it weren't they weren't worth it they they weren't worth it even at like after making such a tragic mistake and it hits you so hard you would think that it's that it it hits you right in the heart it punches you right in your sternum or even upcuts you in your diaphragm that it takes the breath out of you that you wouldn't even attempt it But I, that held up for me for a little bit. And then I did it again. I drank and drove again. And then drank and drove again. Although I advised not to, drank and drove again. I wasn't mature enough. I don't know if it was a, a traumatic internal thing in my brain that was like, whoa. And, and there was, there was, there was definitely a internal thing in me that said everyone else does it. And they don't, only the difference is that I got caught. There was a thing where my wife would tell me, don't fucking do this because this is the, this, you've already been caught up and I would throw it back at her like everyone does this everyone drinks everyone drives regardless of how many they had like everyone does it to the highest level but it wasn't a everyone did it to a, a conscious standpoint and I shouldn't have been worried about everybody else I should have been worried about me I was really Pointing the finger at other people while I should have been pointing the finger at myself for making the decisions that I made, not realizing how severe the situation could have been. I could have killed somebody. I could have, could have, I could have killed myself. Not worried about everybody else. I was pointing the finger. And I, it, it, it took me... It took me a couple years to realize this, but I I was pointing the finger a lot 
not realizing there was many fingers pointing back at me like yo you you're doing this you're not making a different decision and i felt every time <clears throat> that i was letting the people that fought for me i was letting them down and i was because even after the doi i had several conversations with those mentors those friends my brother my wife like all those people like legitimate sit down they actually like they played me right they they actually was like oh yeah we're gonna have dinner and then it was actually like a a uh, intervention kind of meeting on facetime and all this but i love them for that and i appreciate them for that because of this, the severity of where i was with that alcohol abuse that i didn't realize it was important it needed to be addressed and I, w I was very combative I was very immature about it um, despite my mature mentality I was very immature about that like I was, I was always finding an excuse finding a, a something to rebut what everyone else was saying and I wasn't making the situation any better at all. But um, at the end of the day, it's it's not a situation you want to find yourself in. It's not only do you not want to pay for the city fines or state fines or whatever it is. It has such an impact on your life. When once that thing, DUI or driving under the influence or DWI, driving while intoxicated, once that thing's on your record, man, it follows you for a while, man. And it, and it's not what you want. Like I used to do Uber way back then. I can't do Uber for seven years since then. And I enjoyed Uber, like a little customer service, little deal, drop people, drop people off, make a little extra cash on the side, whatever, whatever. I can't do that anymore because I got a DUI and I can't even apply again for another seven years. There's things in the Air Force that I want to apply for that I wanted to apply for, but I can't because that's on my record for the next three years. Or it was on my record for the following three years after that. Like I had to wait to do things because that was going to show up. It's going to follow me. It's going to be on my record all my life for the rest of my life, depending on how far you want to go back. It's not it's not worth it. Like I said, women's intuition is like 98 percent correct. 98 that 2% hey brag about that 2% but that other 98% man like listen to it listen to it you might you might find yourself in a situation that prevented a prevented situation that might have saved your life or or saved some opportunities that you had coming in the future that God has for you
it ain't worth it. I say all that to say this. It ain't it ain't worth it. Man, find you a ride. Find you a ride. Have a plan. When the Air Force say when people say have a plan, have a fucking plan. I've even seen situations where the plan failed literally in the same place. I've seen that where the person that was supposed to be the the DD failed. I've seen it. Have a plan, have a plan B, have a plan C. It's not worth you getting behind the wheel. It's not, man. Do what you got to do to make sure that you get home safely. You're not putting yourself at risk. You're not putting anybody else at risk. It's not worth it at the end of the day. But it's been pretty long. I appreciate you guys if you've if you've held on this long. Um, there's a lot of emotion behind this behind this podcast, if you can't tell. But I appreciate y'all. Um, we'll see what we come up with next week. I love you. Thank you for listening. Stay for college.